With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to Basketball Conference, the ACC football podcast. My name is Joey Weaver. He is Mike McDaniel. Mike, week three incoming. Are you ready to preview some more games? I am ready. Now, whether or not we get these right is a whole nother thing, but yes, I am ready. I, well, I am ready. Look, I think you're trying to sound humble when you say that, but I take that more as a shot at me because I'm looking at you know our little betting game that we've been playing so far this year. We started with 500 Van Gorder coin each. Uh, you are down to 489.65. I am down to 404.15. But Mike, that you know what that means? It means I am hashtag four hundred four the culture. So good. good that's stuff. never, that's never gone wrong before. Hey, um, <laughs> not even a little bit. Not even a little bit. Joey, I do need to. I do need to mention this. I bet on across college football in the NFL last week, and I bet on fifteen games. Mm-hmm. I made one dollar and eighty four cents. At a boy, I came for the kids' grinding. college. Grinding. Yes, grinding is right. Yes. Got to trust the process, Mike. Trust the process. Hey, that's why we go back to the window this weekend. <laughs> you got a family to feed now, Mike. You got to uh, got to make that money, put bread on the table. Yeah, like, I literally told Kate, one loaf of bread. Yeah, I told Kate, you know, I made a dollar and eighty four cents, so we keep the electricity on this month, and <laughs> I, I got a stare. So Goodness. I think I'm doing this marriage thing right. Yeah, I, I think you're killing it so far. Good stuff. Yep. You so figured far, it out so quick. Good. You're a quick learner. Yep, that's right. <laughs> it better be. Mike, we have 11 games to preview in the ACC this weekend. Uh, two of them are FCS games. We're not really going to dig into those much at all. But the other nine, I would tell you, honestly, we, what we've started doing this season is, is at the very end of the show is kind of previewing you know, thoughts that we have on other betting lines across the country in some of the more key games, uh, just kind of briefly glazing over that. As we were previewing or kind of you know, preparing before the show, that's that's a word we don't use a lot here is preparing. Yeah, um, right. As we prepared, organized. Yeah. As we prepared for this show, Mike, um, I, I realized as I was looking through a lot of these lines, a lot of the like out of conference games that I was interested in talking about involve an ACC team. So we're going to yes. go ahead and hit on those as we go through this preview. Exactly. We'll still have a few. I, I got a few other picks, but I agree with you. By and large, it's been a lot of these ACC games are the ones I'm interested in, from a betting standpoint. Absolutely. So, Mike, let's kick it off. We have a weeknight game this week. It is 7.30 p.m. on Friday night. It is on ESPN. As the Louisville Cardinals will be a seven-point home underdog taking on the UCF Golden Knights. Total is 67 and a half. Mike, Louisville so far looked horrible in the first half against Ole Miss. Yes. Looked like acceptable in the second half against Ole Miss. And then looked okay at times against Eastern Kentucky last week. I'm seeing them as a seven point home underdog. And like, I, I'm, 
I kind of want to take Louisville, but I really don't know if I can trust them. But also, like UCF under new management this year with Gus Malzahn as the head coach and kind of changing up some of that offense and how that works, and I don't know what to do with that. I really just don't know what to do with this spread. Uh, yeah, I mean, UCF is now UCF has played Boise, and they played Bethune-Cookman in their first two games. They are averaging 622 yards per game. Is that, that makes good? me a, that, That's... Yes, that, that's that's quite good. Okay, um, checking. You and I both know Dylan Gabriel is a capable quarterback, right? Like he's he's a good player. He's pretty good. He's pretty good. I am a little bit worried about Louisville's defense here, just considering how inept they looked in the first half against Ole Miss. Now, I will say, for as much as I like Dylan Gabriel, he is not Matt Corral, and UCF's offense is not quite as good as Ole Miss's offense, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But I, I look at this, and number one, I, I'm with you. I, I would love to actually take Louisville outright. I just can't, in my heart, find a way to make that happen. I can't reasonably sit here and say that Louisville is going to win this football game. Um, but anytime you give me seven points with a team that's shown some flashes, it's been up and down, um, that's playing at home, I gotta take them, Joey. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Louisville to cover the seven. I think UCF wins this game outright. I think there's also, of course, a chance that UCF goes ahead and, and wins this game by a couple scores. I really like the over. Over over under is 67 and a half. I think I'm on the over. Um, don't trust Louisville's defense. Not sure I can trust UCF's defense either. And I think there's a pretty good opportunity for this game to go over the number considering the explosiveness of UCF's offense and the potential explosiveness of Louisville's offense. I'm going to put 15 Van Gorder coin on the total unless it goes over. Um, I am not going to touch the actual spread, though. Um, from a Van Gorder coin standpoint, from a me placing a personal bet standpoint, but I do like the over-under here. I, I'm... I'm with you. I'm very uncomfortable with what to do with the spread here. Um, I'm, I'm honestly, I'm a little concerned about Louisville's offense from what we've seen. Like there, there's a little bit of it that kind of feels so far like it is Malik Cunningham and his band of merry men, and and like none of them are particularly like helpful or useful in a lot of ways. I mean. Uh, he gets a little bit of help from Hassan Hall. Uh, I mean, Jalen Mitchell has done okay at running back, but like, there's nobody standing out here in the way that Tutu Atwell or uh, Des Fitzpatrick or Javian Hawkins or like anybody has on offense these last couple of years for Louisville so far. Like, it's Malik Cunningham and then just a bunch of average at best guys around him and. Like, UCF isn't, like, some fantastic, incredible defense, but they're, like, a functional defense, (laughs) and that might be good enough to just contain Malik Cunningham and just lock down all the other guys on the outside and really give Louisville's offense some problems. Yep. So, I'm with you. I I tend to – I like the over here more than anything. I think this will get a little bit pointy, as they say. Uh, It should be a fun Friday night matchup. You should see plenty of scoring. Um I'm going to take UCF to cover, actually. I I think UCF might might get some separation here, win this by 10 to 14 points. 
Um, I have not been impressed with what I've seen from Louisville so far this year. And I, I, I'm in a little bit of a place that I, as a Louisville fan, Mike, I've, I've said this for a long time in the podcast, you know, Louisville's my second fandom, but it's like, I, I kind of feel like I need to see it right now from this team and this coaching staff. And we haven't really seen it in a convincing way so far this year. You know, something that we, 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 we didn't even notice that we forgot to mention on last week's recap is in week two, we mentioned that Amari Huggins-Bruce had a 97-yard reception. Yep. Mike, Amari Huggins-Bruce did not score a touchdown on that reception because he dropped the ball at the one-yard line. Yep. He, he wasn't tackled and stripped. He just he just dropped the ball, like celebrating too early kind of thing. And it just – that's the kind of stuff that makes me wonder, like, is this team actually getting as good a coaching and preparation and all that that I, I kind of thought they were – in the last couple of years. I don't know. I, I, I'm not seeing it. I'm going to take UCF to cover seven. I, I'm with you, though. I don't want to put any Van Gorder coin on it. Give me 10 on the over for me. Uh, I, I like the over quite a bit more than either team on the spread here. Yep. Fair enough. Fair enough. So, anyways, should be a fun game to watch, if nothing else, on a Friday night. It'll be entertaining. I'm guessing sure. Cardinal Stadium going to have uh, you know a pretty good capacity crowd there. Um, it'll it'll be, probably be a pretty good atmosphere, so should be very fun to watch. And honestly, that's the thing I should probably be considering in terms of taking Louisville. We have seen so far this year across the country, and this is probably going to come into play on another couple of picks here later on. When when some of these teams that normally have pretty good atmospheres have gotten that first home game, maybe the second one this year, where crowds haven't had a chance to really be there in full force in two years, it's played a role in these games, Mike. It's been a big deal. It has been. It has been. Um, which is which is why I mean, if you're giving me seven at home, like this is a home dog, I'd be willing to pick just because UCF, for as good as the offense has been, it's been a bit uneven, right? Like mm-hmm. that opener against Boise. I mean, I, you can't glean much from the Bethune Cookman game, but I, from what we saw in the Boise game. there's there's some up and down with UCF still. Yep. Yep. For sure. All right. UCF in the over for me, Louisville in the over for you, but I think we both think UCF wins outright. Let's move on, Mike, to Saturday noon on Fox sports. One, your number 15 Virginia tech Hokies on the road in Morgantown, taking on the West Virginia Mountaineers. Hokies a three-point underdog as the ranked team against an unranked opponent. Total is 50 and a half. Mike, ranked team on the road against an unranked team, and they're an underdog? I'm locking up West Virginia. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Please. Mike, this is the, this is the spread. Vegas is, knows. Vegas knows something. Vegas knows something. They don't care what the AP poll and the coaches poll and all that say about these teams. Vegas knows something. We're just steering into it. West Virginia going to win this game outright. They're going to cover. Give, give me Mountaineers by a touchdown, like 31-24, something like that. Yeah, that's the precise reason why I almost picked Tennessee last weekend. So I was like, you know what? This spread doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Like, why is Pitt, yeah, why is Pitt only a three-and-a-half for four-point or whatever it was? Um Look, here's here's the thing. West Virginia had the best defense in the Big 12 last year, right? And they lost six players off that defense. Um, there's potential here 
for Virginia Tech's passing game to have some success against West Virginia's secondary. The only issue is that I'm not sure Virginia Tech is going to be consistent enough in the passing game to exploit that. Um, and this is aside from the James Mitchell injury, because if you look at James Mitchell and his receiving stats, it's it's not like Virginia Tech's losing a thousand yard receiver at tight end, right? Uh, just the way Brad Cornelson utilizes tight ends, and that where where this is a, a big loss for Virginia Tech is that James Mitchell he creates enough of a matchup issue in the slot that he sometimes brings over a second defender to kind of shadow the coverage when a linebacker is on James Mitchell. And that draws attention away from some of the other receivers that have a harder time getting open. That's where James Mitchell's presence is felt in the passing game and where Virginia Tech will really miss him. And then they're really going to miss him in the running game as well. He's one of the team's best blockers. Virginia Tech has two capable tight ends, though, um, with a lot of playing experience. So if you were going to, we talked about depth issues with Virginia Tech. If you're going to have an issue, I mean, you don't want to lose James Mitchell. He's the best player on the offense, but if you had to have an injury tight end was a spot where Virginia tech could withstand a blow. I think Virginia tech's roster is better, Joey. I do. I think they're the better team. The only thing about this is that it's on the road. It's a nooner. It's a weird time slot. West Virginia is a tough place to play. Um, but I, I just keep coming back to the fact, I think Virginia tech's the better team. I just think they're better. I think their defense is better. I think they're better on the offensive line. West Virginia's got a very athletic defensive line, but I think Virginia Tech's offensive line matches up pretty well there. And I, I think Virginia Tech wins the game. I'm not going to lock it up. I think it'll be tight. I think it's a coin flip either direction. I think Virginia Tech, quite honestly, has a better chance to lose this game than they did in the opener against North Carolina. I was pretty adamant about that. Um, and, and I'm standing by that now, like three weeks into the season. But I am going to take the Hokies here. The line stinks. Mm-hmm. The line stinks. I totally acknowledge that Vegas knows something that I don't, right? And this is where they make money. Um, I don't have opinion on the total, so I'm not going to touch that. I'm going to say Virginia Tech wins. I'm not locking anything up from this game because I think it's a coin flip either way. Um, I don't get the line, but I think Virginia Tech's a better team. If the line was Virginia Tech minus three, I'd be hammering the Hokies. I just don't. I don't know why West Virginia is a favorite here. I don't get it. They, they lost to Maryland in the opener. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's fair enough. I Well, and so this is the other thing that I was going to mention, and, and I referred to this here in the, the previous game, is West Virginia, this is technically their second home game of the year. The first game, Mike, was a 66 to nothing win last week over Long Island University, which... I'm not even sure if that's a, a an FCS team as much as like a Division two team, maybe? Yeah, they usually play the um, South Harmon Institute of Technology. <laughs> Man, just coming right from my heart there. That was one of my favorite movies growing up. It's it's great, isn't it? Except Justin Long, be still. Classic, classic. Um, yeah, it's like, this is this is a game where again the the fans for West Virginia have not had a chance to really be out in full force in two years. They have a top 15 Virginia Tech team. That's a rivalry, by the way. This is what, the Black Diamond rivalry, Mike? It is. That's correct. There you go. Virginia Tech coming into into town. It's a nooner, like you said. I just, like, 
I don't know if I'm fully buying it that Virginia Tech is a top 15 team right now. No, 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 no. Virginia Tech is not a top 15 team. No, 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 no. So if 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 I have these questions and I have these these things I feel like are playing in West Virginia's favor and Vegas is seeing that in the way that we are, I I'm sticking with West Virginia. I'm locking it up. I'm putting ten Van Gorder coin on it. Um, I, I'm you'll notice that my you know the units and the bet sizes are getting smaller as uh as the the bankroll shrinks a little bit week over week. That's right. Have you asked me for a loan by week six? That's right. That's right. From the first national bank of Mike. Um, <laughs> yeah, West my wife's got her hands. Yeah, we're, we're <laughs> ripped on that. <laughs> we're we're locking up West Virginia. We're putting ten Van Gorder coin on it. If I have to make any sort of pick on the on the total, I guess I'll take the over since I said thirty one twenty four. But I'm with uh, that. That number seems I could see it going either way with with these two teams. So yep. I'll say over for the sake of picking on the podcast. But I, I don't want any part. And of I'll that. go under because I think it's like twenty three twenty. I mean, if Virginia Tech gives up 31 points, they're not going to win the game. I and, just don't. And I think that's a valid point, is that there there has to be like a certain game script you're thinking here if Virginia Tech goes in and wins the game. Like, it, uh, yeah. If it We're turns scoring. into a shootout, it's, it doesn't... That's no. not good. <laughs> the offense hasn't done anything through two games to make me believe that they can win in a shootout. Right. So, exactly. Yeah. Got to be low scoring. I think if Virginia Tech... If Virginia Tech plays like they've had the first couple of games of the year offensively, all it's going to take is Virginia Tech to get into the mid twenties, I think, to win the football game. So, yep, absolutely. All right, West Virginia in the over for me. Virginia Tech in the under for you. Uh, moving on, same time, Mike. Noon. This one on ABC. The Michigan State Spartans on the road taking on the number twenty-four Miami Hurricanes. The Canes a six and a half point home favorite at Hard Rock Stadium. Totals 56 and a half. I'm taking Michigan State. Uh, maybe even outright. I, I don't know. It's Do, do yeah. I need to press the button, Mike? No. No? No. Okay. No. Right. No. No, we're not doing that. We're not doing that yet. I got, <laughs> I got my eye on one year later. I got okay. my eye on one. I got my eye on a couple, actually. Fair enough. Um, well, you know, if you don't need me, if you don't want me to get out of line, I won't, I'll only walk one tonight if you need me to, but I can get out of line. I've gone out of line first couple shows here. So there are no Um, rules, Mike. Yeah, that's, that's very true. Um, no, I, I, I like Michigan state to, to cover here. I think Miami wins close at home. I, uh, Alabama almost beat Miami twice. And we talked about that on the recap and, App State is a good, respectable football program, and they're going to have a good year. They're going to go to a bowl game, and you know, they're going to have a nice season. It was good that Miami got out of that game last week, and they were fortunate to do that. And if it weren't for the leg of Andres Borgalis, they probably do not win that football game. Miami's got to score some more touchdowns in the red zone. Like That has not been something that has been fruitful for them through the first couple weeks of the year. No, They need to do that in this football game. Michigan State is going to come in. They're going to play good defense. Mel Tucker's already got the defense in a pretty decent spot there at Michigan State. Um, I really like what he's doing there, by the way. I know we're only in year two, but just feels like they got more of a swagger than they had the last couple of years at D'Antonio. Um, and I, I wasn't sure that higher at the time. It seems like it's working out here, at least in the near term. I just, 
I think Miami's better, Joey. Like, I think Miami's better, so I think they win the game. A lot of thinks here. I am on the under, by the way. Really love the under in this game. Probably going to bet it. I'm putting 15 Van Gorder coin on it. Uh, Miami scored what, what? They won that game what 25 to 23 last week against App State. Mm-hmm. Brother, brother, <laughs> you're scoring 25 points against App State. You're telling me this game's gonna go over 56 and a half. Miami's defense isn't that bad. Like they got exposed in Week One against Bama, but I'm hard. Okay, everybody's gonna get exposed against Bama. Mm-hmm. Michigan State's offense isn't good enough to expose Miami like that. I don't think I'm on the under here. For sure. No, I, I'm with you. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'm also going to put. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and put twenty Van Gorder coin in the under. Oh, are you? Twenty five. Up it. No, I'm just kidding. We're going <laughs> to stick with fifteen. Stick with fifteen. No, you're right. I'm running low on the bankroll. Let's let's go ten. Actually, we're we're going back to small <laughs> uh, small wagers. Talk uh, to you that one. By the way, Mike, this is the return of our old friend Kenneth Walker the third, former he's Wake Forest running back. He's been good. By he's, the way, he's been excellent uh, for for Michigan State so far. Um, he, he opened up against Northwestern. Uh, let me find this number here. Northwestern to start the year. He had 23 carries for 264 yards and four scores. Mm-hmm. Is that good? Oh yeah. yeah I'm going to say that's good. Um, so he comes back with uh, Michigan state here. I, I'm kind of with you. Like something's off with Miami's offense this year. And, and for a Michigan state team that, put up 38 points two weeks ago against Northwestern and I, I mean Northwestern's defense I think still pretty respectable and it wasn't like North you know Michigan State was getting a bunch of cheapies either I mean they they sustained some drives and all this stuff that I mean can they hang with Miami for four quarters absolutely do I think they can win outright they could yeah <laughs> like this is not this is not an easy win for Miami this is actually a this is a good win for Miami if you pull it off Right. Um, I'm going to take Michigan State to cover. I'm tempted to take them outright. I, <laughs> yeah. I part of me thinks Miami maybe wins this game by like three points or something like that. I I don't think Miami is going to be able to get separation on Michigan State. We'll put it that way. I don't either. And I and I am very concerned. By the way, Mike, about we we talked about this a little bit. We've talked about it with North Carolina two weeks ago against Virginia Tech. Like Michigan State is going to come out and punch Miami in the mouth. They are going to make this a a brawl, a, a bit of a rock fight game, and I have real questions as to whether Miami can hold up against that for four quarters. I'm really not yeah. sure they can. So give me give me Michigan State, give me the Spartans uh, plus the six and a half. I'm I'm very tempted to take them outright. I'm very tempted to take him outright. Maybe Michigan State, something like 27-23 or something like that. Like, I, I think that's very, very possible. It's possible for sure. Definitely possible. I just, I don't know. I don't have a lean either direction there. I mean, I, I mean, Miami is almost a touchdown favorite at home. I think they probably win close. Um, I'm thinking about betting and, you know, full disclosure. I'm thinking about betting Michigan State plus six and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, so just keep that in mind. Yep. Yeah, I, I think that's a valid, valid strategy. I think. And if you like the juice, and if you like the juice enough on the money line, I I think it's worth a shot. 
Mike, if you were looking to bet that on the money line, where would you go do that? That would be BetUS, Joey. BetUS.com, America's favorite sports book, been in business over 30 years. This is a smooth, smooth transition into an ad read. Um, if if you were so inclined to bet Michigan State on the money line, Mike, at BetUS.com, you can get Michigan State right now at plus 180 outright. I mean, you feel like they're they're close to 2-1 to one to win this game? I mean, I'd probably take it at like plus 190, plus 200. Yeah, feels feels like we're getting pretty close to getting pretty good value on that. So The number I had in my head, I'll be honest, plus 180 is not bad. That's right. That's right. So keep an eye on that. Mike, BetUS, America's favorite sports book. They've been in business for over 30 years. Uh, betting on college football, uh, we've got spreads, we've got division championships, conference championships, Heisman odds. Uh, there's NFL games, there's baseball games, there there's politics, there's all sorts of things that you can go bet on. Uh, go do it at BetUS.com. Mike, if you go sign up there uh, and you have a deposit of at least $100, use promo code GOACC for a 125% bonus uh, to, to join. They're just giving you free money to go deposit your own money and then go bet it. Uh, free money on top of your own. So go check them out, betus.com. Once again, promo code GOACC with a minimum $100 deposit. That will get you a, a really nice sign-up bonus. So go check it out. Thanks to them for uh, for sponsoring us this, this season. And once again, all of the lines, all the spreads, all the totals, everything you're hearing tonight... All of that came from BetUS, so if you hear it here, you can go get it there. Yep. All right. So Michigan State in the under for me and for you. I think we're in agreement there. Let's move on, Mike. 7.30 p.m. on the ACC Network. The Virginia Cavaliers, an eight-point underdog on the road in Chapel Hill, taking on the number 21 North Carolina Tar Heels. Mike, <laughs> there was a stat that came out on Twitter. We record this on Wednesday night. There was a stat that came out on Twitter today that I think you noticed it first that somebody had mentioned it. I was in disbelief when I saw this. So Kelly Gramlich of the ACC Network and 105.5 The Roar that uh, we're, we're familiar with from our, our buddy... Will Qualkenbush. Will Qualkenbush. That's right. Good, good stuff. She pointed out something that Caroline Darney pointed out that said... If you were a freshman at North Carolina in 2017 and you graduated in the spring of 2021, you never saw the Tar Heels defeat the defeat Virginia in men's hoops or in football. UVA is on a seven-game winning streak against North Carolina in men's basketball and a four-game winning streak in football. That is nuts, Mike. Yep. That's, That's one of the most random ACC sports stats you'll find outside of Pitt not winning, not running the table in their non-conference schedule in like 30 years. This would be like the second weirdest stat. That's right. That's right. This this is bizarre. Mike, give me Virginia. Yep. At least against the, at least with the points. I, I'm I'm very tempted, once again, I'm very tempted to take Virginia outright in this game. I'm on Virginia plus the points. Um I just, I think North Carolina wins close. Again, I'm, I'm hedging these touchdown spreads here, Joey, that like seven, eight point range. I'm, I'm kind of hedging a little bit. A lot of points. A lot of points. I, I think North Carolina wins. I think UVA keeps close. I really like what I've seen out of UVA so far in terms of how Brian Armstrong has looked. Now, granted, 
It's been William and Mary. It's been a really bad Illinois team. Illinois it might have been, might as well have been William and Mary again uh, with the way they've been playing through a few weeks of the year. Um, I just, I wonder if Virginia's defense can hold up for four quarters mm-hmm. against Sam Howell and Carolina's offense that footing last week against a Georgia State team that, you know, is not very good. I just wonder on the road, you get to the second half, there's Sam Howell. It's all, all the kind of questions I was thinking in my mind when I was trying to reason my way into, into picking Virginia Tech in week one. It's like, okay, can, they, can the defense hold up for four quarters? Um, there's just a little bit less to work with on Virginia's defense, Virginia Tech's in terms of returning production, you know, losing Charles Snowden in the middle of the defense is a big one. I know Virginia returns a good amount of their starters. I just, I wonder if they can do it for four quarters. Yeah. I think there's definitely a chance. I think there's a chance they win this game outright for sure. I think they absolutely keep it within eight. I'm going to go with the over on the total over under 66. I'm going with the over here. I'm not going to bet anything on this because I I could see, I could see North Carolina, you know, kind of sitting on UVA early and getting the home crowd behind them for like a real ACC game. (laughs) And um, it's going to be a real home game for Carolina. So I, I could see that happening potentially, but, I'm going to ride with Virginia to cover, and I would definitely not be surprised if they won this thing outright. Yep. But yeah, the, the one thing that kind of gives me pause about Virginia in this game is that we knew, Mike, coming into the season that one of the big concerns, maybe the biggest concern that we had about Virginia overall as a team was what is that secondary going to look like? Right. Can they defend the pass? Can they prevent explosive plays? Like those kinds of things. And, I, I mean, did they do it against William & Mary? Did they do it against Illinois? Yep. Is that remotely the same beast as doing it against this North Carolina offense? Nope. Um, so it's kind of yet to be seen. Can they do it when, when, you know, when it really comes down to it against some good competition? Right. Now, that being said, North Carolina is good competition because we think they're going to be good competition. That's the thing. And, and are we absolutely sure that their offense is as good as everybody had it chalked up to be? I mean, they scored 10 points in the open against tech and their only other game so far is against Georgia state. So that's the other, like if we're going to talk about Virginia and the, and you know, kind of how you just mentioned how I mentioned it as well, defensively, can they hold up for four quarters? We can ask the same thing about Carolina's offense. Like, are mm-hmm. they going to be able to keep up with UVA for four quarters? Because I do think Virginia has some capability of scoring some points on this Carolina defense more than I thought maybe coming into the year. Oh, I'll, I'll say that. And the other thing I'll say is that the only way Carolina's scoring in this game is throwing the ball. If, if they couldn't run the ball on Virginia Tech's defense, I, I mean, I think in terms of defending the run, Virginia's defense equal, if not better. Like, better at better at defending the run for yeah. sure. If you couldn't run the ball in the first couple games, you ain't running the ball in this game. So this is going to become Sam Howell throwing fifty passes, and we'll see if he comes up with two hundred and fifty yards or 
you know, 400 or four, you know, 500 yards. Like, yeah. And Ty Chandler in the backfield just has not been as good as expected through two games. No. Um, and, and some of that could be on the offensive line as well, but I think, yeah, I, think I a mean, good amount of it's on the offensive line. I think, and I think if, I think if Virginia rushes the passer, I mean, use the Virginia tech game plan. If you're able to rush the passer, keep Powell in the pocket, make him a bit uncomfortable. You're going to have a real chance to win this football game. And I think I'm talking to Joey into maybe putting something in quarter coin on this. Am I? You are. You are. No, I, I give me 10 on Virginia. I, at this point, I, I picked North Carolina to win the Coastal. Um, I, I am a Sam Howell stan. I, I like Phil Longo's offense. Like, I, you know, I really thought North Carolina was going to be able to pull something together this year. I just can't get the taste out of my mouth from watching them just get absolutely slapped around for four quarters by Virginia Tech. Like, just the how, gosh, what was the word we used for it, Mike? What was it again? Sow. Right, yeah, that was it. Um, how just painfully soft that both both sides of the ball were in the trenches. Like, if you come out and you do it against Virginia and you win this game by two touchdowns and you're physical and you you know you dominate the line of scrimmage and, like, all those things... I will be singing a different tune in the recap on Sunday. I'll be singing a different tune in, in future previews. But until I see that, Mike, I can't trust this team. Right. So give me Virginia. I, I'm putting 10 Van Gorder coin on them to at least cover. I think they got a really good shot to win this game outright. Like North Carolina seems a little bit fake to me so far. I, I need them to yep. prove it to me. Yeah. Uh, well, Virginia won the game last year and Carolina had a better team. So Virginia's won it four years in a row, right? <laughs> Mac Brown has never beaten UVA. Is that true? Uh, or just hasn't beaten them since the first tenure? Definitely that. Um, yeah. He's never beaten Florida State. I remember that. Yes. Okay. Maybe that's what I was thinking of. But he hasn't beaten UVA since he's returned. So. Correct. Correct. So we'll see if that changes this week. But if nothing else, yeah, give me, give me Virginia uh, at least to cover. I, I think they may well win the game outright. So uh, total 66. We were both on the over. I think this could get kind of fun and pointsy. You think there's going to be a couple of explosive plays on North Carolina's end. I don't know what their defense is going to do to stop Virginia's offense. I, I think Brennan Armstrong could have a big day for Virginia as well. Um, you know, not to mention if they're going to be a physical rushing attack and North Carolina is not going to do a lot about that. Like Keaton Thompson is going to probably have a big day. Right. So anyways, I'm buying stock on uh, my Brennan Armstrong ACC player of the year candidate i'm gonna buy some stock on that right now with the way he's looked through yep. two games and if he's able to pull it off here against carolina i'm all in on brand armstrong yeah yeah i mean the next what four or five games at carolina home against wake at miami at louisville home against duke home against georgia tech at byu like the schedule is not super daunting for virginia no. that if if brandon armstrong has taken a step forward that's that might not be a bad investment to make right and i i know we're droning on and on about virginia and virginia fans are loving this right now coming from a virginia tech grad and myself hokey fans um, less than loving it yes uh, that's fine they'll get over it <laughs> the um the the one thing i wanted to mention too uh, about virginia is in the preseason a lot of folks were high on uva right mm -hmm. i didn't really understand why but I think a lot of people are saying, you know what, if they can get off to a good start, if they can get Carolina and Chapel Hill, 
then the rest of the schedule opens up quite a bit, which is similar to the discussion that Virginia Tech fans were having where, okay, if you pick up Carolina or West Virginia, then the schedule really softens up. You got Notre Dame and stuff, but it softens up a bit. It's the same kind of discussion with UVA where if they win this game, they go on a little bit of a run, I think. Yep. I think that's very much on the table. So, yep. Virginia in the over for both of us. Mike, let's move on. We're going to talk about the Georgia Tech game. Before we do, uh, do, do you feel like you look good in Georgia Tech wear right now? Uh, Virginia Tech wear. Thank you. Technically, yes. I see the masking tape and, and I see the, the word Virginia written on there. Yes. You had me you had me fooled there for a second. You thought I was Sean Glennon. <laughs> um, yes. Uh, you got your Halloween one costume of- already ready to go. Yeah, that, that, that's right. Uh, Section103.com is a proud sponsor of this podcast, Joey, and they have extremely comfortable Georgia Tech apparel. Yes, they do. I, I'm wearing my performance shirt right now. It just It's just you know a beautiful tech gold with the white tech uh, wordmark on it. It's the official wordmark. Those are hard to find these days. It is. It looks great. It is super comfortable. It's one of those things where I... I, I got to pick and choose when I wear it because if I wear it then it goes in my laundry basket and I can't wear it again yeah it's a weird approach but hey go (laughs) find do laundry yeah that's right yeah laundry's laundry's hard uh buying from section 103.com not hard easy Uh, go to section 103.com uh there's all sorts of great things there for men women children uh there's t-shirts there's performance wear there's hoodies uh, all sorts of great things. Uh, go check them out. Super high quality clothes. They look great. Um, very creative uh, designs. There's again the official word mark is on a lot of these shirts, which way harder to find than it should be. But I'll tell you where to find it. Section103.com. Uh, Mike, use promo code GoACC at checkout for ten percent off your first order. Wear these to games. Wear them around the house. Wear them out in the community. Whatever you need to do. Go find anything you need to wear for supporting the Georgia Tech football team at section103.com. With that, 3.30 p.m. on ABC, Mike. <laughs> Sorry. The Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets are a mere 28.5-point underdog against the number 6 Clemson Tigers coming to you live from Death Valley. Total is 52 points, Mike. And what this is, why this is funny is is last year Georgia Tech lost this game on their own field 73 to 7. It at was least 50, it was competitive. It was 52 to 7 at halftime. Yeah, didn't Clemson get their like third or fourth string quarterback in, in that game? Uh yes they did. And he played well, didn't he? Uh he played really well. Yes. Yeah, Mike, you're probably referring to the column that I wrote over it from the Rumble seat this week. That's right. On this game. I am. I encourage everybody to read it. Yeah, I well, thank you. Um, I I like my own reading, but I think everybody likes their own reading. So you're writing. What am I? I don't know what I'm talking about. Anyways, I like writing. Thank you, thank you. Big um, fan. The the point here is, Mike, that game got way out of hand last year, largely because of what I believe was a pretty horrible strategy and game plan on Georgia Tech's offense going into that, that game. That's been an issue. Yes. Like, the game plan did not make sense at all. They right. went in, they were running a little bit of tempo, they were throwing the ball on early downs. Like, it didn't make sense to the point that I pointed out, Georgia Tech had the ball, I believe it was 10 times in the first half, 
And only once, Mike, did they take up more than a minute and 30 seconds of clock. And on none of those was it more than two minutes. Like, and at that point, Clemson turned the ball over twice on their first five drives and still scored 52 points before halftime. Yeah. So this is my frustration. And, and where I have an issue with this, this spread and this total is we have talked about how many times on this show, Mike, there, there is a clear strategy that you were supposed to employ when you are badly outmanned and outgunned in these games, and it is shorten the game. You, you know, you run the ball, you run the clock, you try to limit the possessions, all that. It, it makes it look better on the scoreboard, but it also gives you a chance in case something happens throughout the course of the game that works to your benefit, you maximize the impact of that. Do the Virginia Tech thing. Yeah. But, Mike, <laughs> there was like 14 minutes left in the first quarter of that game against North Carolina. You know how many seconds were left on the play clock when Virginia Tech was snapping the ball? About three seconds. <laughs> That's right. It was just burn clock, burn clock, burn clock. Because you don't want North Carolina's offense to have a bunch of possessions. Nope. And Tech employed that same strategy against who last year? Clemson. Clemson. Joey. Yeah. Clemson. Now, they didn't do it for all four quarters, and that's what got a little out of hand late. But and that was a, they did most of the game. It was, what, a one-score game at halftime? Yeah, it was. That's what Tech was bad last year. Bad. It's what Boston College did last year. Yep. Boston College has a less talented roster than Georgia Tech does. Damn near won the game. Yeah, they damn near won it against, well, you know, Clemson was without Trevor Lawrence, but Mike, I don't know if you know this, Clemson's also without Trevor Lawrence this year. Yeah, um, yeah that's correct. He yep. is he is unavailable for Clemson in this game. Uh, that's, yes. That's a late-breaking update. Yeah, out, um, out due to playing in the NFL. Right. <laughs> well, about to be out for different reasons, thanks to Urban Meyer. Um, oh, God. Here's my issue with this game, Mike, is that there is a clear strategy. And and I think if Georgia Tech were to execute it effectively, combined with Clemson's, they haven't really gelled on offense yet. Have not. They haven't looked very good on offense. Not yet. particularly good, even considering some context. Um, yeah, they scored 49 points last week, but that was South Carolina State. They also scored three points the previous week. That was against Georgia. I think they're somewhere in the middle. But yeah, it's not really properly gelling. It's not a well-oiled machine yet. So I think if Georgia Tech were to, you know, use what, you know, the proper strategy that we are describing, I think they would be able to cover 28 and a half and keep it within four scores. I'm taking Clemson, Mike, because I don't believe that Jeff Collins staff learns anything. Precisely. Hey, Joey, you got the button ready? I got the button. Hit me with Clemson. Lock it up. Lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Please. I, I, you, you said you had your eye on something earlier. I really didn't think it was this one. But oh, it's not, it, no, no, no. This, this is my second favorite line. This weekend. <laughs> oh gosh. Okay. Oh, there's, there's another one coming up, uh, real soon, actually. All right. I, all right. Yeah. I see what you're getting at here. Yeah. Okay. Um, no, I am. I, I agree with everything you said. Georgia Tech has more than enough talent to keep this within four touchdowns. Um, talent's not an issue. Do I trust Georgia Tech's coaching staff to not F this up for four quarters? No. No, I don't. I don't. I don't. I didn't, Joey, we, we previewed the Virginia Tech-Clemson game last year, and I didn't trust Virginia Tech to do it. You know what? They stuck with it longer than I anticipated. The sitting on the ball thing. Mm -hmm. And I can't remember if they covered that game or not. 
Um, but they, they stuck with that game plan longer than I anticipated. Uh, Georgia Tech did not stick with that last year at all. Do I think they'll do a better job this year than they did last year? Yeah, I hope so. Do I think they'll do it for four quarters? Nope. Clemson wins. Big. Yeah. Big, big, big. I got Clemson covering here. Yeah, exactly. There, there was an interesting comment on the, the column that posted. Again, we we're recording this Wednesday night. The, the column posted earlier today on From the Rumble Seat, um, kind of describing, here, here's what I want. And, I, and the title of it was, it's time to lose small. Yep. Um, and that's kind of within the framework of lose, lose big, lose small, win small, win big. Um, and, and the comment asked, well, does it make sense that they would use this game as kind of a, a prep or a, an example for here's what it's going to look like when you face elite defenses, when we, you know, develop this program into something bigger? And I, I thought that was an interesting thought. But my response was, if, if it's me developing these game plans, my, my preference would be you develop game plans to win that particular game. Right. You know, you, you, like, and I referenced the whole first year of this regime under Jeff Collins, where a lot of the offensive game plans seemed like they had nothing to do with what worked in previous weeks, with what was coming up against the other team. Like, the whole thing seemed like it was just designed to put film out there of what they could do to show recruits. It had nothing to do with winning that game. And, and right. so I don't. I don't always know. I don't always trust that this coaching staff is going to do the thing that's going to win you the game. Like they seem like they have their their ulterior motives or even like some weird like machismo about, well, we are an elite program. And so we're going to run our thing and we're going to see if we can beat Clemson. It's like, right. Come on. So I'm with you. I don't believe that, that if, if they do it and they do it for four quarters, they'll probably cover like they can. Yes. Keep it close. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yep. I just don't yep. believe they will. So please prove me wrong. Please do yeah. it. Because I look at Clemson right now, and they are not clicking on all cylinders. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Georgia game's one thing because Georgia's got the best defense in the country, I think. And it's one thing to not do it against Clemson. I'm sorry, to not do it against Georgia. It's another thing to now go into this game and be like, all right, we just scored 49 on South Carolina State, so like we got to figure it out. No, we got to see it in week three against a Georgia Tech defense that is competent, right? I think. I think they're competent, Joey. Competent mm-hmm. enough where if Clemson scores like 50-something points, I'm going to be like, all right, I mean, that was an impressive performance. They, they're figuring things out, right? I can come away from that performance against a Georgia Tech defense gleaning something that I couldn't against Georgia or South Carolina state where we're somewhere in the middle here. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I think Clemson wins. Um, I am on the over. I am not confident cause I'm not sure how many points Georgia tech scored here. And quite honestly, I haven't seen enough out of Clemson's offense to really know how much they score here. Um, I, I know they'll score at least five times. If they make it six, that might be enough to cover the spread. Because I'm not sure Georgia Tech scores like 14 to 17 points in this football game. So they might only need to get into uh, into the low 40s to cover. Um, I just, I don't know. I'll lean over. I'll lean over. Oh, and I guess I got to put some, I got to put some Vanguard coin on my, 
Um, one of my locks of the week here, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm putting 20 Van Gorder coin on this. I'm actually pretty confident in Clemson to cover here. Yeah. I, I'm not going to put anything on the spread because I, I do think there is a chance that maybe you there see is. some growth. There is. And, you know, and not to mention, again, the Clemson issues. I, I'm much more confident in the over. Um, so give me 15 Van Gorder, Van Gorder coin on the over. Um, part of that is that, again, if if this doesn't really go according to the plan that I've laid out, Clemson may could score 50 points by themselves. Like, for a total of 52, like, I don't know that Georgia Tech is getting a whole lot past, like, 10 points in this game, but they might not need to for this to go over. So give, yeah, me, that's give, true. Me, some, give me some Van Gorder pesos on the over. Uh, but I'll take Clemson to cover. It's 28 and a half, too. That's on the wrong side of a uh, pretty key number there at 28. But, you know, please, please, Jeff Collins, staff, program, all that, please prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. Yeah. No, nothing wrong with being optimistic. Hey, if you go out there and lose, like, 31 to 14, we will be playing the celebration sound effect on yes. the recap. Yep. That's all I Joe's going to be cracking beers. We'll have his pants off. It'll be a party. Yep, absolutely. Um, probably worth mentioning as, as we uh, finish previewing this game, Mike. Jeff Sims for Georgia Tech. Uh, I, I'm going to go with questionable. Yeah. Sounded like he was av- – so he got injured in the Northern Illinois game. It, he was available last week in like an emergency capacity. Um, there has been questions in media availability this week of who the starter is going to be. He's got very decidedly non-answers. Yeah, I'm I am very I'm I'm kind of leaning towards Jeff Sims is going to start this game at the very least. They're going to see you're going to see an appearance from it. You know, if, if Jordan Yates starts the game, that's fine. But like you're it's it's not going to go great for like three or four drives. And then you're going to see Jeff Sims come in kind of thing. Yeah, right. I you have very whatever chance you have of somehow pulling off a win in this game goes away if Jeff Sims never plays. I agree. So we'll leave that at that. Clemson in the over for both of us, Mike. Uh, moving on, 3.30 p.m. on ESPN, the Florida State Seminoles, a five-point underdog on the road, taking on the Wake Forest Steeman Deeks in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Mike, you got a big old smile on your face. You've talked about before that you had a line that you liked even more than Clemson. Uh, what do you like here? Bound it. Wake Forest, lock it up. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Please. I suspected as much, yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is actually my favorite line of the week. I can't wait for Wake Forest to win this game by multiple scores and for Florida State to just absolutely quit. Mm-hmm. This has quitting potential. Quitability, if you will. <laughs> that's a, that, that, yeah, that's a technical term, yes. Joey, I cannot, yeah, <laughs> yes. I cannot in my right mind pick Florida State to cover a five-point spread on the road against a team that I know is definitively going to be much better coach. Sorry, can't do it. Yep. Can't do it. Wake Forest has a better offense than Florida State does. They have a defense that's probably about the same caliber as Florida State's, I would argue. And I know the coaching's better. Oh, and Wake Forest is every bit as good, if not better, on special teams. I think Wake Forest is better. They're at home. I think they win. I think they cover. To be quite honest with you, I think Wake Forest could win this game by multiple scores. Give me a steam and deeks. Mike, I think I'm with you. 
Hell yeah. Give me the deeks. Lock it up. Hell oh, yeah. No, you lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Please. Going double barrel locks on this, Mike. Um, I, I talked you into it, didn't I? A little bit, but it's also just, just taking a step back and thinking through it as like the shameless Florida State fan like closet not even like I don't even realize it it's in my subconscious basically like as the as the Florida State guy on this podcast I I can't pick him here I can't no. do it and and no. part of like what I feel differently about this if they had won last week against Jacksonville State like 28 to 14 yeah probably I'd probably be picking Florida State right now frankly I probably would be but man between that you know, the loss of Jacksonville State and then seeing what Notre Dame did against Toledo and and kind of reconciling all that from the previous week. Didn't even think about that. There is not a lot to like about this Florida State team right now. And like no. you said, I think there's a lot of quitability here. Yep. Um, I don't know, man. I, I think I am out on Florida State until further notice. And there might be yep. further notice, but it ain't this week. So I mean... Joey, that Jacksonville State game is still just inexplicably bad. Uh, yeah, inexplicably bad. And it, I don't know, maybe that ends up being like a blip on the radar as it relates to Mike Norvell and that in this tenure at Florida State. But like, that is not a good look. No. Not a good look at all. Um, I'm with you. Give me the Deeks. I'm going to put 15 Van Gorder coin on that one. I'm yep. spraying the board. I've got a bet on I'll every just take it. I'm just going to, yeah, you you really are. I'm going to put 20 on it. I'm every bit, I'm, I'm actually going to put 25 on it because I'm much more confident in this actually than I am with, with Clemson um, just because I think there's a path for Georgia Tech to cover. I don't see any way that Wake Forest does not cover this unless like quarterback gets her, you know, Hartman's injured or, you know. Yeah, the the bus crashes on the way to the stadium. Like I, I just don't know, I don't know how it happens. I can't reason it in my head because I mean, even if you consider Florida State side of things, like Mackenzie Milton, it did not look very good last week, and he looked great against Notre Dame, but he was bad. I mean, he only threw for a little over 130 yards last week, pretty low completion percentage. I just not what you want out of your quarterback and Jordan Travis didn't really play much. I wonder if he'll get rotated in a bit just considering Milton's performance. But even then, I, I just don't see Florida State being a true threat to Wake Forest in this football game. Yeah, the only thing that gives me pause on, on anything having to do with this game, Mike, is that I saw earlier on Twitter our boy James Coleman, uh, I think he had a quote from his radio show today where he was talking about how Florida State approached that game last week like it was a you know a glorified scrimmage, basically, and it, it kind of looked like it. And, and that's the one thing that I, I wonder a little bit is if Florida State shows up and is a little more in the zone and, and a little more mentally prepared to go out and have a 60-minute game against a conference opponent versus someone they expect to just kind of steamroll, does that turn out differently? Because I'm right. with you. Like, Mackenzie Milton did not look good last week at all in what he was doing. And that it, there's a part of me that just, like, that doesn't seem right. So I don't know what to do with that. But... In any case, I, I I'm with you. Just Wake Forest. I'm gonna I'm gonna take the over. I'm not gonna put any sort of uh, wager on it on the show. Uh, Sixty one and a half is the total. I I mean, I'll go over on that. I, I think Wake Forest is gonna try to score some, and they haven't scored a ton so far. But I feel like they've been holding something back. So we'll see how this goes. 
I can go under. Not with degree of confidence, though. So yeah, I, I, I yeah, I can't recommend betting the uh, the total either way here. So no. All right, moving on. Wake Forest and the over for me. Wake and the under for you. Four o'clock on the ACC Network, Mike. The Northwestern Wildcats. Gross. <laughs> on the road in Durham, taking on our Duke Blue Devils. Blue Devils, a three-point home dog. Total is 50. I don't really know yet. I'm going to have to talk myself into who I'm taking against the spread. Give me the under. <laughs> I'm going to put 15 Van Gorder coin on the under. Hell um, yeah. Even sure David Cutcliffe wants to watch this game. <laughs> yeah, it, it, yeah, he's going to get a front row seat to it at, at that. Yeah, yeah, for better or worse, mostly worse. Uh, I'm riding with Pat Fitzgerald. Give me Northwestern. I don't know. I Northwestern, Northwestern kind of sucks. Yeah, they're they're taking a, a pretty big step back from last year. That'll last happen when Hunter Johnson's playing quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of former Clemson quarterbacks, um, mm-hmm. yeah, Hunter Johnson not been a successful experiment so far. No. Um, I, Northwestern taking a step back from last year, and I mean, even still though, the defense is is not bad. I think it's in decent shape for what you know. Yes, yeah, definitely defense is fine. Gave up yeah. 30, 38 points to Michigan State, but like there was you know there was it was a little bit explicable. We'll say. Um, I just I don't think they're going to move the ball well at all offensively. I I'm not sure Duke is going to be able to move the ball particularly well against Northwestern's defense. I would not recommend spending time watching this game if no. if you're not a, a particular fan of one team or the other. So I I don't know. Um, Four o'clock is when you make the beer run. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, Georgia Tech, Clemson, Florida State, Wake Forest, and Northwestern Duke are our games in that time slot. So unless you're particularly interested in one of those teams, this might be beer run o'clock. Yes. So, Mike, who you got <laughs> spread-wise in this game? Northwestern. Ride with Bad Fitzgerald. Yeah, I, I think that's I think that's fair. I I mean, because Let me be clear. Go ahead. Let me be clear, though. I, I'm not riding with Hunter Johnson. No. No, neither are Clemson fans. Um, yes, yes, or the, Northwestern fans. The only thing that gives me pause here, I, I, I want to take Northwestern as well, and and let's just go ahead and I'm, I'm gonna I'll say I'm gonna take Northwestern to cover three. The one thing that does concern me that I think Duke could win is you got to turn this into an absolute rock fight. Like if Duke's gonna win this game, it's gonna have to be like seventeen to fourteen or something like that, like super low scoring. Um. Because Northwestern's offense is not good. It's a problem in the worst ways. <laughs> like, yeah. So. Uh, gross. Gross. Would not recommend watching if, no, you, know, if I, you don't have to. I don't plan to watch this. Nope. I mean, I'll I'll do a condensed game or something. I, I'm good. Yep. I'm more than this. Northwestern in the under for both of us. Uh, moving on, Mike. A couple more games that are a little less competitive, I think. Please don't lose these games, ACC. Noon on ESPN3, the Pitt Panthers, a 15-point home favorite, taking on the Western Michigan Broncos. Total is 57 and a half. 
I mean, 15 points, kind of a lot of uh, kind of a lot of points for Pittsburgh. I don't know if I trust them necessarily to cover that number. And yet, it's Western Michigan. I don't know that they've been particularly impressive so far this year. No, they haven't been. And I actually like what I've seen out of Pittsburgh. Um, have they played perfect football? No. Have they been pretty good? Yes. I'm on Pitt. Um, Pitt and probably the under here. Um, I, I'm not going to bet any sort of real money being quarter coin. Nothing is going on this. <laughs> but I like Pitt under. I just... I think their offense has been good so far, and Western Michigan has not looked particularly good. Now, I do worry a little bit about Pittsburgh coming an emotional high of you know going into SEC country and beating Tennessee last week. I do worry about a little bit of a hangover from that, but I don't think that Pat Narduzzi is going to them to get to that point because I don't think Pittsburgh played well enough for four quarters to really be complacent. So when I kind of consider that in my head, I just... I think Pittsburgh wins. How are we going to act like Pitt has a hangover in this game? Playing at Heinz Field at Pitt o'clock. <laughs> Back in their element. A noon game at home? This is this is like the nice warm blanket around the Pittsburgh football program. Is a noon game at home. You couldn't draw up a better scenario for the Panthers to play football lately. Yeah, and I'm going to say something. It's going to come out worse than I intend. But the great thing about COVID is that when Pittsburgh didn't have any fans, yeah, see what I mean? Yeah, sorry. Yeah, we're not off to a great start. <laughs> Is that when Pittsburgh didn't have any fans in the stands, it was the same home field advantage as they always have. <laughs> there it is. Jeez. <laughs> Boom, baby. Well done. Well done. Yeah, thank you. Uh, there's nothing good about COVID. I want to be clear. Uh, I uh, yeah, I'm with you. Pit in the under, like pit like <laughs> thirty eight fourteen here. I think moving on. Yeah, m- moving on. Noon on ESPNU, Mike. Same time, different place. Uh, the Boston College Eagles, a fifteen and a half point favorite on the road, taking on the Temple Owls. Is this yeah. right? Temple's horrible. They are. Right. Bill Dracovic is out probably for the year. Yeah, I haven't been shy about expressing my disdain, and it's probably unfounded because of who he was playing, but my disdain, it's a bit irrational for Dennis Grossell and his playing ability um, because he played Clemson one time when I was in attendance, and I declared him the worst quarterback I've ever seen in my entire life. He's definitely not that, and Temple's really, really bad, but two touchdowns on the road – with a new starting quarterback, Joey, give me Temple here. I think I'm going with Temple. Wow. I think I'm going with Temple. That's a lot of points with a backup quarterback. That is a lot of points. Um, it is a lot of no points. No confidence. No confidence, though, by the way. Yeah. Temple's offense has been really pretty god-awful so far. Um, I mean, they lost to Rutgers two weeks ago, 61-14. to like yeah, do I think Boston College, even with, by the way, I, I, if I'm not mistaken, it's actually Dennis Grossel. I think we've been saying this wrong, and and I, Grossel. somehow Grossel sounds even better than well, like <laughs> like Grossel. Yeah. So somehow, even with Dennis Grossel at quarterback for Boston College, uh, I I feel like if Rutgers could beat him 61 to 14, kind of feel like the Eagles could do something similar. So give me Boston College. I think they cover in this game. Okay. Totals 57. If I had under. to take something, I'll take the under. Yeah. Under. 
I like that pronunciation of his name a lot better because that's ha- kind of how I feel about his play. So, <laughs> good with that. Yeah. Uh, other action this weekend, Mike. Noon on the ACC Network will be the Syracuse Orange hosting the Albany football team. I uh, Let's Google real quick what the... Uh, what the mascot is there? The Farm Albany team, the <laughs> Albany Great Danes, Mike. Albany football team, the farm team, <laughs> the AAA team of the Washington football team. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, yeah, this is a U all game if Syracuse doesn't win. Yes, yeah, no, th- this should be an easy, easy victory for the Orange. Yep. Um, yep. So whatever problems you had last week, whatever demons you have coming out of the Rutgers game, just go ahead and uh, work out that frustration this weekend. That's right. The other one, Mike, 7.30 p.m. on ESPN3. Check your local listings. Uh, the NC State Wolfpack taking on the Furman University Christian Knights, uh, also known as the Furman Paladins. But yes. Furman University Christian Knights looks funnier on a T-shirt. Uh, if you know, it you does. know. It does. Uh, Mike, again, easy. this should be an easy situation for NC State. Furman is not really particularly any good at the FCS level. The thing that we need to mention here that we completely omitted from our last show uh, a couple of key injuries for NC State coming out of the Mississippi State game. Uh, Peyton Wilson, uh, my beloved Peyton Wilson, I, I think one of the most fun linebackers in the country, super fast, makes a ton of tackles, all that stuff. Him, as well as Cyrus Fagan in the uh, defensive backfield, if I'm, if I'm remembering correctly, uh, both of them having surgery, they're going to miss the rest of the season. Those are two pretty big losses for that Wolfpack defense. They'll be okay this weekend, but we'll see how that impacts things moving forward. Yeah, NC State has Clemson in two weeks, so or a week from Saturday, I guess. So, yeah. Good luck. Good luck. Would have been nice, nice little tune-up game. Yeah. Nice little tune-up game. Yeah, yeah. Figure out something else here this weekend, because um, yep. would have been nice having those guys when you played Clemson. Yep. yep. So, Mike, that's all I got on ACC games this weekend. Uh, to recap the picks real quick, I have uh, I've locked up West Virginia. At home against Virginia Tech and Wake Bold Forest. As hell. Yeah. And Wake Forest at home against Florida State. You have locked up Clemson at home against Georgia Tech and Wake Forest at home against Florida State as well. I have 10 on the over of UCF Louisville, 10 on West Virginia, 10 on the under of Michigan State Miami, 10 on Virginia, 15 on the over in Clemson Georgia Tech, 15 on Wake Forest. You have 15 on the over in Louisville UCF, 15 on the under in Michigan State Miami, 20 on Clemson, 25 on Wake Forest, and 15 on the under in Northwestern and Duke. Sounds like a fun weekend. I don't know. There's going to be some weirdness again. There sure is. Uh, Mike, other picks this weekend as you look around the country at college football at, at large. Yeah, I got a couple. Uh, number eight, Cincinnati traveling to Bloomington uh, Memorial Stadium to take on Indiana. Cincinnati only a four-point favorite. I don't really understand it. I got Cincinnati covering that pretty easily. Mm-hmm. Um, Vegas knows something there. I don't, I guess, but a mm-hmm. um, little bit of a little bit of a strange line. Um, Oklahoma given twenty-two and a half at home against Nebraska. Yeah, Nebraska is real bad. Um, that might be like 56 21 or some just obscene blowout. Yeah, definitely on Oklahoma there. Uh, Penn State minus five at home 
I'm seeing five, five and a half at home against Auburn. Anything inside of a touchdown I love in that game for Penn State. White out at home at night. Auburn's in year one with Harson. Bo Nix isn't particularly good. His best quality is throwing it to the other team. <laughs> Him and Bailey Hawkman are, I think, their second cousins once removed or something like that. So. <laughs> brothers in turnovers. Yes, brothers. Brothers in Christ. Uh, I kind of like Maryland Friday night, minus seven and a half on the road at Illinois. That's more of a play against Illinois than a play on Maryland. But yep. I, I I mean, I real again, I realize Illinois beat Nebraska. I don't think they're any good. Yeah, I, look, and also if you're into like Pac-12 after dark action, I love BYU at home. They're a four-point underdog against Arizona State. BYU's playing some good football. Jaron Hall's been really good. Um, they have a really talented running back in Tyler Allgaier. I like BYU at home in an upset there. And I also like the over San Jose State and Hawaii. The game will technically be played at 12.30 a.m. Eastern time on Sunday morning. So if you're a night owl and you're like 13 bourbons deep like I will be, uh, check out that game. I got the over there. Uh, over under is 61. San Jose State won the Mountain West last year. Hawaii loves to throw the ball around, sling it around. Uh, Chef and Cordero has got almost 900 yards passed already and six touchdowns. Yeah, give me the over. Shout out to a real one, Big Bob Kekalua. If you know, you know. R.I.P. Oh, yeah. R.I.P. Big Man. Uh, other than that, a couple of like super stinky lines. I don't really have opinions on these, but just like stuck out to me as really weird lines. Uh, Colorado minus three at home against Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Feel I, I feel weird about that. Uh, Notre Dame only a only a seven point favorite at home against Purdue. And Purdue also sucks. Nebraska or uh, sorry Nevada is a two point favorite on the road taking on Kansas State. Yeah, what? All those lines kind of stink to me. Yeah, and the one you mentioned to me before we hit record tonight that I want to bring up: Boise State minus three and a half at home against Oklahoma State. Uh, give me the Broncos. Sure. Yeah. Are we sure that they're only a three and a half point favorite? Yeah. Yeah. Give me the Broncos. Uh, by the way, USC might get the dead cat bounce now that uh, Clay Helton's been fired. They're an eight-point favorite on the road in Wazoo at Wazoo in Pullman, uh, and Alabama also a fourteen and a half point favorite on the road, taking on Florida in the swamp. Might be just betting Alabama if they can get them inside of like twenty against basically anybody at this point. Yep, Alabama might say anything. That's right. That's right. I think that's all I've got in terms of what I'm interested in this weekend. So a lot of things could be a a bit of a spray the board Saturday, Mike, good old fashioned as we do around here. So just another regular Saturday. That's right. That's right. And once again, all those lines provided by BetUS.com. promo code, go ACC minimum hundred dollar deposit, 125% sign up bonus. So uh, go do that. Go check it out. Appreciate their sponsorship. Mike, that's all I got. Anything else on week three before we get out of here? I don't think so. It's been a pretty uh, thorough preview. It has been. Um, Games are going to get weird. Super weird. I love it. I miss this. This is the greatest game on earth. It is. Go ACC. Let's work on getting out of here, Mike. Uh, the people can find us this weekend on Twitter. I am at FTRS Joey. He is at Mike McDaniel SOS. Together, we're at BC Podcast ACC. Y'all can send us an email with your questions, comments, concerns to the longest email address known to man, basketballconferencepodcast at gmail.com. 
Nailed it. Thank you. You can find us on iTunes, on Spotify, anywhere you find your podcasts. Go hit the follow button, the subscribe button, leave us a review. Those would be great. Uh, Mike, where else can they find us in the social medias? Facebook, facebook.com slash basketball conference rate review. Find all of our podcasts there. Also, check us out on Instagram at BC Podcast ACC, Joey. Please do that. Do it for the gram, Mike. Do it for the gram. Uh, Mike, that's all I got. You want to go watch some games and come back and recap them? Let's do it, man. All right. Well, until then, for Mr. Mike McDaniel, I am Joey Weaver. Thank you guys so much for listening. Enjoy the games. We'll talk to you again soon. And until next time, go ACC. Oh, can't keep me down.